I was, as I was getting ready this morning, uh, obviously my mind was on, uh, was on this morning and what I was going to say, and I was just reaching out to the Lord and just saying, well, Lord, do you want to do anything particular this morning? And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, and he said, don't ever think that I can't do it. And don't ever think that I won't do it. Now, I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, God can do it. And that's what God's saying to you this morning. Whatever it is, God can do it. And don't think that he won't do it. Because he will. God will do it. The one thing we can be absolutely certain of, that our God is on our case. Every single moment of every single day. Of course, today is what's known as Whitson, Pentecost. It wouldn't be right to let this morning pass by without speaking of the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, it begins, we begin as a church in the Holy Spirit, and we'll finish as a church in the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit who has come, not just as the comforter, as Jesus said he would come. He is the comforter, of course he is. He's the one, the Bible tells us, that comes alongside Whatever circumstances we find ourselves, he's the one that comes alongside. But he's also the one who enables us and empowers us for every single thing that we do or seek to do for him. So we're going to turn to that wonderful chapter of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Well, we're all together in one place, aren't we? We've, we've established the first thing. We're all together in one place. All right. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard the other heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? That's like saying, you know, aren't you aren't all these people who are speaking in tongues, aren't they all Irish? 
You know, you don't expect some things from the Irish people sometimes. But anyway, never mind. Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language and a whole list of Parthians, Medes, etc., all the way through? They were from everywhere. They came from everywhere because it was a feast of Pentecost. And they had come to meet with God. And now they were going to meet with God in a new way. <laughs> now, if you come this morning to this meeting to meet with God, maybe God has got something new for you this morning. Maybe you're going to meet with him in a new way. In a way you didn't expect. What is the anticipation in our hearts this morning as we wait in the presence of God and while this idiot at the front spouts some words, and you, what do you expect? Is there an expectation in your heart for something to happen in my life? Because Jesus is here, said, you wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So there was an anticipation as these people met together, as these disciples met together, there was an anticipation. What did this mean? Endued with power from on high. And of course, as the Holy Spirit began to move, and as the Holy Spirit began to be poured out, tongues of fire and separated and came and settled on each one of them. And they began to speak with other tongues, and they began to speak with the languages of them. Parthians and the Medes and the Persians and everything else. I remember once a, a sister of mine, she was, I think she was in uh, Nepal, I think it was. And she was in the center of a meeting and a conference. And while she, while they were there, she, the Holy Spirit moved her to give a tongue. So she gave a tongue out. And then she interpreted it. She interpreted what the tongue had said and moved on in the meeting. After the meeting, this gentleman comes up to her and he says to her, I'm a linguistic professor of ancient languages. And you know, did you speak, didn't you know that you were speaking in ancient Persian? And not only that, did you know you interpreted it exactly as you said it? She said, I just spoke in tongues. But you see, the, the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. And he spoke to that professor because that professor knew that this wasn't a natural thing, but it was a supernatural thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all these people were there, were all baffled as to what, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. See, whatever, one of the things that really struck me, I, I remember as a, as a young Christian uh, back in 1967 and 68, in 68 I came back from Singapore as a young Christian, I've been born again in Singapore. And, I, and uh, 
I, as I came home, one of the things that really gobsmacked me, if I could use that phrase, sorry, that's a bit basic, but I was really gobsmacked. As I went to different churches, as I moved around in the RAF, the thing that really struck me was how much antagonism there was against speaking in tongues. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Because, see, I, I, I'd been in a Pentecostal church in Singapore and I'd, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I spoke in tongues. And to me, it was the norm. It was usual. And I came home and I started going to this church and that church and I got talking to people and people began to you don't speak in tongues. It's of the devil. It's of the, I, I've been told, I've actually been told, tongues are of the devil. So somebody actually said that to me. And I, I was really astounded at how much antagonism there was against speaking in tongues. But in actual fact, it completely and totally of God. There are two personal experiences, I believe, that a Christian believer has. Two personal experiences that are fundamental to your knowledge of God and fundamental to your faith. The first one is that you must be born again. You must be born again. You must become a new creation in Christ. That is the first personal experience that you must go undergo. The second one, I believe, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is what makes you, as a born-again Christian, able to walk with God, be filled with God, to hear the voice of God, to proclaim the goodness of God, to witness for God, to serve God in every You need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. And we as a church, whatever we might have, ideas we might have for the days that lie ahead for the future, we will do nothing but that we are, that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the amount that we are filled with the Holy Spirit and with power that we'll be able to achieve anything for God. Because it is the power of God that will take us through and bring us through in God. There are two personal experiences for every believer, I believe. One is Calvary. The other is Pentecost. And without, they are both vital for the vital for the life of God's church and God's people. And whatever the antagonism there may be about tongues and being filled with the Holy Spirit, we must receive both and begin to give God glory. And there are several times in this book of Acts that there are experiences that are similar to the experience of the people who met in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. You know, there are some people who would say that, well, I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, and that was it. Once and for all, 
That, that's all you need, you know. We don't need anything else. Their Pentecost was it. That's when the church was formed. That's when the church was anointed. And that's, we don't need anything more. Well, I think, I think what if you stay in Acts chapter 2, that's what you'll think. But if you read the rest of the book of Acts, you find that that's just not true. There's a second occasion in Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Forgive me if I'm hesitating a bit. I, I'm trying to stick to my notes that I, God has given me, but I keep feeling <laughs> like I'm being pulled away from them, you know? But I'll try and see if I can find a balance. Acts chapter 8, 14. It's a story of, of uh, Philip, the evangelist. He goes down to Samaria, and he's preaching the gospel. You see, that's why the Holy Spirit's given, to preach the gospel. He goes down and he has a revival down in Samaria. And they're absolutely amazed because he's healing the sick. Loads and loads of people are being saved and everything else. And there was a demonstration of the supernatural power of the anointing of the evangelist here in, down in Samaria. Now Peter and John, two of the apostles, they hear about this and they come down to that. And they say that they were going to lay hands on the new believers because they believed that they should receive the Holy Spirit. And what happens is they laid hands on them. They received the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They began to speak in tongues. Just like the day of Pentecost. Also hang about. It only comes once in Pentecost and that's it. Well, what's happening here? <laughs> These people are being filled. They began to speak with tongues. I, th I think this is where the Holy Spirit wants me to go this morning. Right? They began to speak with tongues. There's a third occasion in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48, where Peter is taken to the house of Cornelius and he, and he, share, he shares with them. And as he's speaking to them, what happens? The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues. This is in the house of Cornelius. And then again, and there's a fourth occasion in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 19. It says that Paul is in Ephesus. And he's preaching in Ephesus. And as he's preaching, he realizes that there's something not quite, there's something missing in the life of the believers here. There's something missing in the life of the believers. And he says to them, what baptism did you receive? They said, we were baptized under John. Ah, he says, I see. So he baptizes them in the name of Jesus. And he prays for them. And what happens? They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And what do they do? They speak in tongues. I want, the reason I think God wants me to go along this way is because there are some who would, of you who have maybe been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but have never spoken in tongues. If you've never spoken in tongues, I believe you've been robbed 
of something that is fundamental to the Christian experience. I mean, you might not agree with me. I don't mind. Disagree with me. I do believe with all my heart that speaking with tongues is fundamental to a Christian experience. So what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what's it for? Some people ask that question. What, what, what on earth is it all about? What's it all about? I believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a special coming upon. A coming upon of the Holy Spirit. It's an infilling of the Holy Spirit himself. And that's when you receive power to live the Christian life. If you're struggling living the Christian life and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would say that's where you want to start looking because you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Power for what? Power to witness. Power for the Lord. Power for the whole of Acts. It's, it's incredible that you cannot read the book of Acts of the people at the beginning of the church and the beginning of what God did, began to do without, and you cannot separate any of that from the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues. Because what happens when, when the believers were baptized in the Holy Spirit? They began to have, there was a book of Acts is about a powerful witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a powerful witness of the gospel. Now, we, are, I don't know, but my hunger and my desire for this church is that we can't get in the doors for people. And we need to start thinking about planting out churches or something because there's just too many people here. People, because I, my desire is that people would be saved. And you know, every time there's a demonstration of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, people get saved. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. It's to get people out of darkness and into light. It's to get people saved, born again, set free from the power of the devil and transformed into the, the light, the kingdom of light of his son. I just, that's, if we're looking, brothers and sisters, if we're looking for salvation and for people to be born again, Outside of a move of the Holy Spirit, we're receiving ourselves. I believe that. So who can receive this Holy Spirit, this gift? Basically, the book of Acts says, anybody who's born again. Anybody. Father. I, I've got so many notes here, and I just... I, I just feel I want to leave them to one side. Forgive me if I'm struggling a bit. Here, but I'm trying. I want to hear the Holy Spirit. Do you want to hear the Holy Spirit? That's, see, that's, it's, it's, it's no use listening to me. If I'm not saying what the Holy Spirit is saying. But if the Holy Spirit is saying something to you this morning, then you need to hear it.
If you've never ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to be baptized this morning. That is a fact. If you've never spoken in tongues before, you need to receive the gift of tongues this morning. Now we've, we've talked about the unity of the, the body this morning and how we need one another, and that's absolutely right. But you know, one of the reasons we have the baptism as a whole of the Holy Spirit so that it might enable us to help one another. To enable us to bless one another. It enables us to pray for one another with insight and with power. Because oh, that's what the Holy Spirit is given for. Now we... If we want to see the supernatural move of the Holy Spirit, if we want to see people healed and saved, if we want to move in the gifts of the Spirit, if we want to prophesy, if we want to have gifts of healing, if we want to have gifts of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge and all of that sort, you must first be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit prepares you to be able to do those things. To move in the gifts of the Spirit. If you feel that you have a calling in God to be a pastor or a teacher or an apostle or anything like that, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because that prepares you for what God has for you. It anoints you and prepares you and makes you, it causes you to be used by God in a way that only the Holy Spirit can use you. I remember preaching once and seeing that God wanted us to speak to somebody. And as I looked at across the congregation, I began to see that God had a word of knowledge that he wanted to use somebody with. He didn't give it to me, he wanted to use somebody else. So, I, you know, there was, I said, Lord, well, who... Why, why isn't it coming? And I, and I saw the Holy Spirit, you know, I didn't see him physically, but just in the Spirit. I saw the Holy Spirit come, come upon this one. And I could see him being uncomfortable, you know. And then I saw the Holy Spirit lift and come to this one. And I saw this one go, and then I saw the Holy Spirit lift and come to the next one and this one just sat there and listened and then began to speak began to speak the word of knowledge that God had given see God wants to use each and every one of us but it's only if we are willing to be used by Him. And we are surrendered. You know, we sang this morning with the life laid down. I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after me. You know, are, you surre are we surrendered to be used by the Holy Spirit? Are we surrendered to be 
filled with him daily, because Holy Spirit is not just a one-off experience. It's something you experience every single day of your life. Every single day, the Bible tells us in that the way the Greek expresses it, but we don't get it expressed so much in English. But the Bible says, go on, be, 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 be filled with, be, be, be filled, be, be, be filled. In other words, continuously be, be filled with the Holy Spirit. When was the last, hey, hey, all right, you're baptized. You said, well, then I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. All right, you're baptized. Where was the last time you got an infilling? Yeah. Where was the last time you were had refreshed again? Where was the last time you came before God and the Holy Spirit came upon you? I remember the second time I got filled with I was again I was in Singapore and I we had a meeting and it was a Sunday morning meeting and I came out into the they had a prayer room at the back and I came out into the prayer room. And I knelt down, at the, it had benches around the wall, and I knelt down at, the, at this bench, and I began to pray, and I, I was saying, Lord, Lord, I just need so much, I just want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you. I couldn't get enough, you know, as when you're first born again. I couldn't get enough. And you know, the Holy Spirit came down and filled me again. I began to overflow me. And I thought, oh, this is like the first time I had it. It was brilliant. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit and the fire of God came upon me. And I began to, you know, as I knelt there, I began to praise Him and worship Him in tongues because it was just, and you know, that was the second time. And I praise God that there have been many times since then when I've waited on my God, as I've waited for Him to touch my life and he's come and he's filled me again with the Holy Spirit and he's filled me to overflowing again with the Holy Spirit. Now what is your experience of the Holy Spirit? Is it a one experience you had 15 years ago, 20 years ago and that's been it? I want to say to you this morning is it's going to be a new beginning for you. It's a new beginning of being constantly, daily, day after day week after week, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be His witness to the innermost parts of the earth. You'll be His witness. That's how this church will be filled when you are filled. When I am filled with the Holy Spirit and we're filled to overflowing and we get so excited about Jesus and we get so excited about our God and we get so excited about what He is doing in me and for me and through me that we see things happen for Him. That's when we'll see things begin to happen in this church. When we, brothers and sisters, are filled with the Holy Spirit day after day, anointed with power from on high, anointed with such an unfilling of the Holy Spirit that we cannot contain. We can't do nothing else but talk to people. We can do nothing else but worship Him and glorify Him. I was reminded of a, an old, I say old Pentecostal hymn, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I want you to, I'm going to read this. It's a couple of verses of a little penty hymn. Yeah. 
But I want each and every one of you to close your eyes. Okay? And I want you to reach out to God right now. Okay? Because I believe this, these verses say something in us and through us and for us. All right? It says, All-powerful Lord on high, dazzling in splendor bright, enlarge our souls, our hearts inspire with Pentecostal might. We dare not let thee go. Thou art our one desire. O realm the heavens in power come down. Baptize us, Lord, with fire. Baptize us, Lord, with fire. Now, I'm sorry that's been a little bit of a higgledy-piggledy this morning. But I wanted to say what the Holy Spirit was saying, not just what I've written in notes. Now, I would like to offer an invitation. I'd like to offer an invitation to anyone who has not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come forward. And the leaders of this church will lay hands on you and you shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never spoken in tongues, come forward. We'll lay hands on you and you shall speak with other tongues. If you have never, never had an infilling experience of the Holy Spirit, but you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit a long time ago, but you've never known a further infilling, come forward and say, the leaders of this church will pray with you, and you shall be infilled with the Holy Spirit himself. Okay? That's the invitation that goes out to you this morning. I believe, not from me, it's an invitation that goes out to you from the Holy Spirit himself to come and be filled with the Spirit and receive a fresh anointing for what God has for you in the days that lie ahead. Amen? Amen. Amen.